you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. NFL Explained is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. I feel like it's been a minute since we've been in the studio. Three weeks, basically. That's a long time it in is. NFL. Yes. I, well, it's a long time in life. I, I've missed being <laughs> in the studio with you. We got a brand new edition of NFL Explained. I don't typically start with apologies. In fact, I'm one of those dudes. Just apologizing for I'm going to, I'm going to apologize. Because throughout the course of season two of NFL Explained, how many times have I, I usually get a kick out of it? I love doing it so much. I say, hey, send me the DMs. Don't go into M-Rob's <laughs> DMs. We're going to get your questions. It has been so crazy in terms of East-West Shrine Bowl, which I had. You got Pro Bowl. You got Super Bowl. You got Get Ready for the Combine, which, by the way, our episode today is about the Combine. You got all these things going on. I looked. This is when you know it's bad. I looked at the DMs the other day. Okay. There was a ton of DMs. This is God's honest truth. Really? Ton of DMs with questions, praising you, by the way. Nothing about me. <laughs> Show is great. And Rob's awesome. And I'm like, you're sending me the DM, yeah, by the way. Because you sold them to so, out of my DMs, I know, man. I know, which is part of it. But I, I will say this. I promise, because I always make it a point to say I get in touch with everyone. I promise at some point I will get back to you. We're going to continue to roll on the NFL Explained good job, podcast. Yams. Yeah, you're a uh, good dude, man. I'm trying, good job, man. man. Uh, by the way, also, congrats. How about Kansas City? Oh, yeah, All man. the Chiefs. The Chiefs, man. Big time game. That was a great it game, was. man. Awesome game. And yes, the Patrick Mahomes, for all my Buffalo Bills fans and my Josh Allen bazooka comments, Patrick Mahomes is the yeah. best player in the National Football oh, yeah. League. I mean, oh, my goodness. That was so awesome. But Jalen uh, Hurts, he's, he's up there. He's he getting is, there. He is definitely good. And there's a reason why he finished second in the MVP yeah. voting. Um, by the way, since we're talking about Mahomes and Jalen Hurts, we did do an episode pretty recently on quarterbacks. The GOATs, Mahomes' name did pop into that yes, conversation. So highly encourage you to go back and take a listen to that one. All right, I already sort of stole the thunder. I said today's episode <laughs> is about the Combine. And if you read the comments, you probably already knew that this episode was about the Combine. Your experience, I always say this about the NFL Combine. It is essentially a an underwear modeling competition <laughs> is how I describe it. Is that a fair assessment? 
It's very fair, and I, I'm going to be completely honest with you yep. right now. Um, my wife is going to get upset with me because we have gotten into arguments about this. Oh, here real we argu- go. Real argu- okay. arguments. We don't have arguments. Little couple we have, therapy we have heated fellowship. <laughs> and and it started, I think, about three years ago. My wife was, like, plastered in front of the TV. I didn't know what was going on. And she was like, babe, this new show you guys have on NFL Network the combine or whatever this thing is oh my goodness and she did this little dance (laughs) like this and i'm like oh i got upset a little bit you know what i mean i had to check myself my manhood a little bit because i knew what she was getting at some of the top genetic physical specimens in the college game getting ready for the biggest interview of their lives and going to the national football league but yeah i had to throw it out there my wife's gonna get a quick little laugh at that and she'll probably remind me of that when i get back home after she listens to this episode so here's the difference between me and you right like (laughs) you you made a living playing professional football as an athlete you're still in great shape here i don't have that starting (laughs) point we were out the other day and we were watching the the nba all-star break yeah dk metcalf coming down and i was like crazy yo he is as like much of a freakazoid as maybe there's ever been on the planet i get the who is that oh let me see go to google images and it's all like and i'm like what are we doing here this is at the dinner table like i don't need to see this but i i opened up the door for it your your combine experience um, didn't sound too positive. The it way, wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't that great of an experience, and and it had nothing really to do with the talent evaluators or the teams. To me, it was myself. It was the fact that I was listening to my agent at the time, and um, I didn't work out. I didn't throw at the combine. I didn't run at the combine. I did everything at my pro day. Uh, just looking back again, hindsight is always twenty twenty. Looking back, when you see guys like Vince Young, Matt Liner, guys like that that worked out and threw. You wish you would have been on the same field with those guys throwing at the same time. This is not uncommon, though. So why do you have those regrets? Because I've covered, you know, this year we obviously got our combine coverage on NFL Network. We're going to be airing it. All the dudes running their 40s, the position groups, the whole thing. I've also covered a ton of pro days over the years. It is not foreign for a guy to not run his 40 at the combine and then run on his own college campus. So why so much of a regret for you? Well, the regret was... Okay, we, we always we got to put ourselves back, what, 15, 20 years, because the sure. National Football League, just to me, in my opinion, wasn't ready for a Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson or Michael Robinson at the time. The scheme hadn't elevated to that yet. And so I was forced to kind of change my position and, and look at, uh, you know, other positions. And so I decided not to throw. And again, we had other quarterbacks throwing. And people have to understand when you're at the combine, it's not just the physical things that you're doing. I mean, this is a... A, one of the biggest interviews of th- that these kids will ever go through. And it's really to see these guys and see how they respond and how they react amongst their contemporaries, right? At the combine, I remember being there in 2006, finally seeing all the guys I saw on ESPN, all, yeah. the, all the college, you know, Vince Youngs, the Matt Liners, the Reggie Bushes, all the guys that you, you know, you become fans of, right? And you get to see them and be around them and operate around them. And, and just being in those rooms and being in those conversations, I just look back and wish, man, if I could have been, you know, throwing my footballs so that teams are looking at it in comparison to Vince Young or in comparison to any of the other quarterbacks at the time, maybe I would have got a shot playing quarterback. In person, because it's not it's not just film. Nope. It's literally bang, 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 like quarterback goes, quarterback goes, quarterback yeah, goes. Yeah, it's right there, on, you know, and, and the talent evaluators, they're all in the stands all around you. Wow. Some of them are all up on the field. And I remember um, because I did stay for a, a little bit part of the field workouts in the, in the runs. They still call your name. I knew I wasn't going to run. I told everybody I wasn't going to run. 
Michael Robinson, quarterback number, whatever, whatever. And you have to visually say no. And that does something to you because you got to yeah. step up and say no. And the talent evaluators are looking to stand up. But I, I thought you were the beast of the East, Mike Rob. I thought you was the Big Ten player of the year. Is this, is this how y'all get down? And, yeah, I was – I was a little pissed off about that, but I had already had I had already made the decision and and had a plan not to run, not to work out, and I didn't want to jeopardize that. Keep in mind, there's going to be 319 total prospects at the combine this year. There are only 11 players from non-FBS schools. As far as the big name schools, as you can imagine, Alabama, Georgia, they're sending the most. 13 and 12 players, respectively. Florida, Michigan, LSU, TCU. Here we go, okay. Sunny Dykes. <laughs> they're sending nine. Um, M. Rob, is it about the tape? Is it more about what they do at the combine? Some of the guys might not even be working out. Like, how do you separate yourself if you're in this year's class? Well, obviously, game tape is gonna be everything, right? What did you do when the lights were on? You know, you had to play a game. Your university, your team, everybody's rooting for you. Everybody's depending on you to do your job. How did you? respond and how did you play in those situations i think that's vitally important and that's the most important when you go to the combine to i think talent evaluators are just saying okay let me confirm what i saw on tape let me i saw this on tape i saw this kid had great movement ability or i saw that he had great football iq okay let me see in these standard drills because these are all standard type drills just a baseline so that talent evaluators can have a baseline to evaluate everybody off of um, I think they're just coming to the combine to confirm and obviously get to know the prospects. And uh, I, people don't realize, especially the, the, I work with some of these guys coming up. At the end of the day, you can make a lot of hay off the field with these talent evaluators, how you speak, how professional you are with them, looking guys in the eyes and being truthful, being truthful. I had, remember I had gotten to a fight in high school or whatever. I had no idea they were going to bring it up. But I remember Bill Parcells at the time brought it up. Hey, man, you were in this little you know, skedaddle uh, when you were in high school. And I'm like, what? And this was just after he asked me what my favorite offensive play was. And I told him, yeah, I like the curls on the outside with uh. the streaks going down, whatever. And it, and it just, I don't know, it kind of threw me for a loop, but don't lie. They know pretty much everything. Okay. So what about the difference between how a guy executes at the combine where it's mm -hmm. a little bit of, I don't want to say an unsettled environment, but it's new for these guys. When you're on your home campus for your pro days, it's, I mean, it's comfort. You wake up in your bed. You're mm -hmm. All the things that you're used to, you, you know, you're saying hello to the cafeteria person that you usually have, pregame meals. You're probably working with the wide receivers. Yep. It's your dudes that are out there. Like, I would imagine it is a much more beneficial experience to do well at the pro day compared to the combine? It is because, I mean, that's your natural environment. You control all the controllables and all of those things. But when you're in Indy, when, when again, that environment, um, they're not, ex uh, talent evaluators aren't expecting these athletes to be perfect. Sure. They just want to see you compete. They just want to see you step up to the challenge and go out there and go play. When you go to pro days, now it, it, it's on your terms, right? You can go out there and do the things and set up things that, just the way you want it. I remember, uh, if you remember just a few years ago, the Johnny Menzel uh, pro day, how everybody was hooping and hollering about, oh, he had the music, he had the shorts on, he had the pads. He controlled the controllables and elevated himself, and he was taken in the first round. So the pro day is important. Uh, but I, I would say that, especially for people in my situation that uh, wasn't the, a surefire top 10 type of a pick, you got to go to the combine and make some noise. Okay. I was in Vegas a couple of weeks back mm -hmm. 
for the East West Shrine Bowl. Talked to a bunch of different scouts. And this is, it was something that I had already known, but it was reiterated again a couple of weeks back. And that's this idea of getting to know the player. I mentioned some of the questions that are going to be asked. What I think is fascinating is these guys go to Indy. You decide to go out. Well, guess what? Like you, M. Rob, like I might work for the Giants, right? Uh-huh. Like you might kind of know who I am. Maybe you don't. But then M. Rob sees me and goes, hey, that dude might work for the Giants. I, I shouldn't be here. I go to the next place. Well, guess what? My boy who works for, yep. I wouldn't say the Jets, but let's just call it. I got you. <laughs> He's at that other spot. I get the text messages. Yo, yo, M-Rob's over here, maybe doing some stuff. I am fascinated by the personality aspect of also understanding. Now, there's a high draft pick, top 10 guy from last year. Mm-hmm. I heard the same story twice now from two different people. Hey, this dude was in Indy getting after it at one place. We told him like, eh, might not be the best look. Went to another spot. Their boys sent a text message and said, hey, I saw this guy maybe getting it after a little bit too hard. I tell young people all the time that's going through this process because, you know, a lot of former athletes work with guys, you know, uh, whether an agent brings you in to talk to the group or whatever. And I just tell guys, look, man, this has been one of the longest interview processes of your life. Don't mess it up. You're almost at the bag, man. Don't mess it up. Like, why would you go to Indy? And go out. That uh, uh, yams. That wasn't even oh. in my thought process. Like I wasn't even thinking about going out. Like that wasn't even a thing that was even possible. Let me tell you, I was upset because they told me I had a drug test at five in the morning one day, and I got up at four thirty in the morning unconsciously and used the bathroom, and so I had to drink so much water or whatever in the morning to go take the drug test right before I had to do my official weigh-in. So oh, my weight was yeah. inflated and it, it just totally pissed me off and messed up my day. But at the end of the day, yeah. <laughs> the point I'm trying to make, you go there for a reason. You're going there for a business trip. You don't go there to go out. I can't believe that guys are doing that. It, it, just <laughs> Anyone who's listening to this podcast, I just want you to just take a moment and listen to what M. Rob just said. <laughs> Using the bathroom at 4.30 in the morning messed up something yeah. in terms of how you were evaluated. Yeah, it, I, I believe so. Because, again, I wanted to be a certain weight. Yeah. I, had, I had lost a certain amount of weight. I had, you know, I was a certain shape and frame. And, bro, I drunk so much water before I had to weigh in. Because you got to go. Because I, I had to. Yeah. I, they would not allow you to go through the with the rest of your schedule until that drug test happened. So literally, I'm sitting up in there. There's a couple other guys. I can't remember the name off the but we're just sitting up in there like, dude, you woke up and, yeah, man, I forgot. Yeah. All of us. We got, I mean, it's just something that happened. Yeah. And then the schedule, <laughs> then you end up going, being, being, being late. Behind And everybody. then you got to explain to everyone, I'll, I I peed at 4.30 yeah, in the morning. Yeah, I messed up. And they're sitting, and, and, and in yeah. my head, I'm thinking, because it's all interview for me, I'm yeah. thinking, are they going to think that I'm that dumb to, oh, like, God. come on. You know what it's I'm saying? It's all the layers around it. <laughs> It's all the layers. That's why I said, like, it's kind of fascinating. You hear about this small little innocuous moment that you don't even think about and how it kind of dramatically alters things moving forward. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest 
Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think. Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. All right, welcome back to the NFL Explained podcast. Mike M, M Rob with you. M Rob mentioned some of these questions. We've heard the crazy ones that are out there. Brian and Vinny had sent, you know, some of the the list here. I almost don't I hadn't heard this one. I'm going to go with it anyway just cuz I I I wasn't aware of this one. How many ways could you use a paperclip? That allegedly was an actual question. Were you Ooh, asked that? Uh, that was a real question. That's what the, that's what our guy said. Could you use a paperclip? Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe that must be one of those MIT IQ questions, it, right? right? That they're like, trying to <laughs> normal function to like keep papers together. Yeah. Uh, unpick a lock. Not that I don't know. I've seen it in movies. You're like, really I would imagine, trying to answer this question right, right? now. Yeah. And then huh? um, I don't know, like borderline <laughs> dart. I don't know what else. That's dangerous. I know. Yeah. Just okay, saying. Poke somebody's eye saying. with that. Look, I, Questions, yeah. I mean, it was something that was conscious with me when I was getting some of these questions about my grandparents and, you know, uh, you know, what mail is around in the house and, and things like that. So that's something that really stood out to me. But, I mean, the big question that I kept on getting was, bro, number one, 
are you married to the quarterback position? Hmm. Because we saw that you led the team in receiving. We saw that you was behind Larry Johnson and rushing the football one year. We saw that you were back up throwing. I mean, what position do you really want to play? That was a big one. And number two. How did you answer that? Uh, I answered it. My goal was to be in the National Football League, not be a quarterback in the National Football League. But I would I owe it to myself to give myself every opportunity to be a quarterback in this league. So all I ask, if you draft me, watch me take snaps. Watch me throw the football. Wow. And if you deem I need to go to another position, cool, I'll do it. That's such a reasonable response. Uh, did you work on that with your agent? I mean, I m- imagine like there's preparation. Like, you know, you're going to be asked certain questions. When I had my interview at NFL Network, yeah. I had an idea of, of a few things that were going to be asked. So you kind of have some thoughts in your head. You knew that question was coming. I knew the question was coming, but something a little deeper. You got to be real with yourself. Yep. Um, and so oftentimes I see young people, they just aren't real with themselves. Like they, everybody thinks they're the best and always the best and this, that, and the third. I looked at my situation and I looked, I said, how many quarterbacks that look like me that play the game that I play is in the National Football League having success right now? Yeah. What, what many? I mean, you had Michael Vick, you had some guy. And so when you look at it from that situation, you just had to be real with yourself. And I just thought I owed it to myself five years of chasing this quarterback dream in college that you just give me an opportunity to take a snap after that. If you don't like what you see, I'll do what I need to do to make a living. Okay. So in the long run, that's probably the right approach, right? Because you're staying true to yourself and the team that's considering bringing you onto their roster knows what they're getting. Yeah. I'll flip it and say, maybe you're a little too forthcoming. Maybe you're a little too honest. You know, I've talked to enough players Mm -hmm. where you go, is that how you really feel? Or is that what you were trained to to say and, mm-hmm. and that response, right? Like, don't give them too much, straddle the fence a little bit. I don't know what general managers and team personnel are thinking. Like, is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? If you're the face of my franchise, are you a little bit of a loose cannon where you're going to be <laughs> saying stuff that I don't want you to say and maybe being boring is good? I, I used to cover baseball back in the day. You go into the Yankees locker room. Derek Jeter was the worst post-game interview. Because Derek Jeter wasn't going to say a damn thing. Ain't going to give you much. Not going to give you anything. When I used to cover my team, the Mets, you go in there, Piazza <laughs> would be friendly with you, That you got the kids you know, running around and the music going, different vibe. But I, I don't know what's better. Like, And I don't know how general managers and, and coaches would sit there and go, hey, do I want this on my squad? Well, I, I think... You know, the situation, obviously, uh, it has to give context to everything. And I think just looking at my specific situation, I think teams appreciated the honesty, appreciated that I was able to see myself for truly who I am. Sure. You know what I mean? And oftentimes we get kids who and people in their lives who just keep boasting them up, keep pushing them up, keep pushing them up, which is all good. It's okay to have praise and things like that. But at some point, you got to be honest with yourself. And again, like I started by answering this question by this, my goal was to play in the National Football League, not be an NFL quarterback. And at the end of the day, those two principles stuck in my head. And I wanted to make and guarantee the bag, not necessarily the bag at quarterback. Okay, so then there's the actual drills, mm-hmm. right, right? Like the 40 is the one that stands out. I mean, hell, I, I've done shows <laughs> this year. I'm still referencing dudes 40 times because mm-hmm. when it's spectacular and then you see it in real time on the field. How many times have you and I have talked about this on Total mm-hmm. Access? Tariq Woolen goes out there and you're like, yo, he was fast at the combine. And damn, that dude might be faster on the football field. Like Bro. it's crazy the context around some of this stuff. 
I don't know. You tell me the drills like 40 to me sometimes feels completely irrelevant, depending on the position. Sometimes it's totally relevant in the situation that I just made reference to with Tyreek Woolen. <laughs> I think it's relevant in almost every position, honestly. Uh, and I know people may be saying, but Mike Rob, I mean, if an offensive lineman has to sprint 40 yards like that, your team's probably going to lose. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if you got to do that much work. But when you look at the 40 with the big guys, you're really only looking at the first 10 yards. You're yep. really looking at the get off. You're really looking at different aspects of the 40. And people have to understand, we have to have some type of uniform way to basically test guys for just basic athleticism. And I think that's what the 40 does. That's what the change of direction drills do. And then when you get into the field work, obviously it goes more into your position specific types of areas. But uh, yeah, I, th I think the combine does a good job of at least showcasing the athleticism of the genetics we have in our league. Okay, so basic athleticism, depending on positioning group. I'm mm -hmm. going to throw a group your way. You just tell me what Let's drill matters the most. Uh, quarterback seems obvious to me. Which was obvious to you. What was I would it? say how throwing, right? Yes. Like any of the throwing Good stuff, Good job, right? Yams. Yes. I was nervous Ch for a Check second. The Check I the box. Check the box. I was going to say, is Shuttle run? Say shuttle? Shuttle? 60-yard shuttle? Are you kidding me? No. Three-cone <laughs> drill? Let's go. No, uh, throwing and, and obviously accuracy, ball placement, yeah. um, how, how fluid the ball comes out of your hands. But I will say this. With guys like Lamar Jackson, with guys like a Jalen Hurts, um, some people can put Justin Fields in this category. I think the 40 and the movement skills are going to start to become more and more important for evaluating that position because, again, the more that position runs, the more this game becomes 11 on 11. All right. I love the 40. Can I have a little confession here? What's up? My favorite thing to watch when I go to any of the pro days are the verts. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. Because, you know, when I was a kid, and was I the only kid who did this, but you'd walk through a doorway and, like, you just try to hit the top of the doorway. Bro, I dunk on my wife all the time. Yes. <laughs> like, ah, The problem is, yes! M-Rob's doing, like, a 360. So, I, like, you know, I used to go, when I lived on the East Coast and I was closer to family, you know, the Fisher-Price. I was yeah. a Fisher-Price all-star, man, with my little cousins, <laughs> dunking on them. Now one of them is, like, my height. I'm like, son of a... Oh, how, man. Man, when'd you get big? It's all big? good, man. That's like what happens. genetics, not on our side of the family. That's dad's side. Anyway, besides the point, but the vert's always cool to me because it just reminds me of my childhood. Um, and I do think that there's some and the fact that I really can't jump all that high and the knees aren't there anymore. But wide receiver, tight end, like I don't know how important the vertical is for some of those guys. Maybe it is, but are there some other drills that if you were evaluating, you'd say, hey, I need my wide receiver or tight end to be really good in this drill? Uh, the vert and the broad. Okay. Uh, to me, that correlates to the explosiveness that you'll see maybe in the start of their 40s or oh, the maybe. Broad, really? Yeah, maybe because huh. just think about it. You're not running. You're just seeing how far you can jump from a standstill. And it just shows explosiveness. And this is not the exact science, but I, I feel like if you look back on some of the the biggest, you know, broad jumps and inverts, they're going to have some of your fastest uh, times. I mean, to me, that, that that's just if you're super explosive off a single leg or both legs, it's going to make you move faster. O-line? O-line. Uh, what do I got for the O-line? 10-yard split in the 40. Very important. Okay. Very, very important. I will go again to the broad jump and obviously the O-line change of direction drills. And again, I go to broad jump and, and it, this is just for me. Um, I go to those drills because it shows the bend in the hips. It shows the explosiveness from the biggest muscle in, their, in these kids' bodies, the hips. And it oftentimes shows how powerful they can be at moving people off the ball. Because, again, if they can sink and get in their hips and be explosive from their hips, they can move people. Is it the same exact thing just on the flip side for the D-line? Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, that's a big 
<laughs> big two sumo wrestlers going back yeah. and forth, just pushing weight uh, back and forth. But for the D linemen, I do like to see them kind of run the whole 40 and just see what their delta time, the last 20 yards would be, and just see how they finish. It really is spectacular when some of those dudes can oh, hustle. You're goodness. like, how does a dude that big run that fast? It, it, it's amazing. It is really amazing, Yams, to see 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, 290 yep. pounds run 4'5". And people don't realize, like Anquan Bowden, one of the greatest receivers our league has ever seen, ran a 4'6". 4'6 yep. is not slow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's actually fast. But we get so enamored with these fast times and, and things like that, we don't necessarily realize it. Uh, DB, similar to what you would say for the wide receivers? Yeah, um, obviously for defensive backs, being able to track the football while it's in the air. Like, you look at DBs and wide receivers, right? Like, they're the same dude. One can catch, one can't. Yeah. That's how we look at them and see the differentiation. And oftentimes, the great defensive backs are the guys that can catch, i.e. Richard Sherman, former wide receiver. So they, they have a great, they do a great job at tracking the football. And you want to see them flip their hips and, and get in and out of breaks to see how fluid they are in the hips. It's going to let you know how fast they can break on outdriving routes. 20 years ago, if I asked you about linebackers, would your answer be the same as it is today? No, man. I, I think the linebacker, I think we're seeing a, a transformation of the linebacker position happen right before our eyes. Obviously, you have the outside guys who are basically pass rushers, right? They rush the passer. You know, sometimes Von Miller is an outside linebacker sure. in his defense. And then you got the, the, the stand-up inside type of linebackers like the Roquan Smiths and, and guys like that. I do think it takes different skill sets for those guys now. Again, 20 years ago, they were more thumpers, more bangers. And I think now you have to see movement ability from those yeah. guys. What about the dudes out of the backfield, running backs? Oh, my guys, yeah. right? My guys, right? I think the 40 is important uh, for running backs. I want to see whether this guy's going to make defensive coordinators stay up all night. And what I mean by this, there, uh, there's a lot of running backs who can put the ball in the right place and get the number of yards the play was designed to block, be blocked for. Sure. Right? You know, 70 power going to the left, I'm pulling the guard. That play is usually going to get you between, I don't know, four to six yards. You know what I mean? If your back has got something with him, he can get 10 to 12. If he's really special, he'll get through. If you got a running back that's in that 4-4, four, 4-3 four, four, range, and when he gets to the second level, he can pull away from defensive backs. That's what scares yeah. defensive coordinators. And so, yeah, I look at the 40 drill. Obviously, the running back change of direction types of drills. And can he catch out of the backfield? If he can catch out of the backfield, I don't have to sub him on third down. I was working with uh, LT, LaDainian Tomlinson, the other day. And someone asked him this question in one of our meetings. And I'm curious how you would respond to this. How do you measure a running back in pass pro? Is there a drill? Is there something that's specific at the combine? Because it's such a huge part. And we always talk about the mm -hmm. physical attributes of these guys and what you just characterized. Running downfield, is there a burst where mm -hmm. there's real separation? Because that's going to create a nightmare for a defensive coordinator and for the dude that's trying to track yes. him down. <laughs> but pass pro is, is such an important part of the game. And these guys are asked to do it. It almost feels like you're not doing anything at the combine to measure that. You can't. Yeah, that's what LT said. Yeah, you can't. No? You, you cannot do a drill to measure whether a guy can be great at pass pro. And I think that's why you see some of the elite backs who come into our league struggle with pass pro at first yeah. because oftentimes in college they're never asked to do. They're not asked to do a lot of it. And I'll be honest with you, Yams, in the National Football League, the only time you go live pass pro, you may get it you know, two or three times during training camp. Sure. And then you're in the game. And that's really the only time th that you can do it. But uh, yeah, that's tough, man. One of my favorite words for the draft is twitchy. 
<laughs> like if you played the game at home, anytime you heard the word twitchy, it'd be a whole lot of fun. <laughs> it is a little bit of a cliche, but coming up next, we'll talk about some of the specific traits for players and why some of those twitchy type words mm -hmm. are actually important. That's coming up next on NFL Explained. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one -on -one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one -on -one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Back here on the NFL Explained podcast, Mike M and my Super Bowl champ, Michael Robinson. We continue to discuss the combine. Quarterback height seems huh. to be a little bit of 
question mark. And in this year's draft, and we're going to see him at the combine, Bryce Young from Alabama in the top three at his position. He's six feet tall. Yeah, just maybe a little on the shorter end. I see yeah. you kind of like, uh, like that's that's a little on the shorter yeah. end. But but yams, and I don't know. I, I'm finding to I'm no, no, cut go you for off, it. bro. But to me, it's it's not the height. With Bryce Young, it's about the heart. That's what I tell. That's what I've been telling people for years. <laughs> it's about the heart. <laughs> well, honestly, it's it's the 194 pounds. 100 percent taking a beating. That's what yeah. scares me. It's not necessarily the height. We've seen Russell Wilson, five eleven, six yeah. you know, in that six foot range, still be able to operate in the National Football League. Kyler Murray, uh, again, he's a shorter guy, but these guys are thicker, lower body. These guys are a little bit more compact, and they can kind of handle the rigors. Look, when you're a shorter guy. Oftentimes, in your protection, you got to find the throwing lane. For instance, when you look at that Super Bowl, Super Bowl 49, Malcolm Butler intercepted that pass from Russell Wilson. Sure. If you look at the pass, that was the passing lane. Russell really couldn't see or he wouldn't be able to throw over anybody. That was the passing lane. The protection was designed so that the lane was where the slant was. And so that's what you have to do with shorter guys. In that same game, you saw Tom Brady throw over somebody to hit Julian Edelman for a touchdown. When you have height, you can throw over guys, and it allows you to play quarterback a little bit better. Okay, so flip it then. What's the advantage if you're a shorter guy? Because, look, the reality is we don't – not every dude is six five and and, you know, flamethrower out there. Well, the advantage is you get lost, man. Yeah. Defensive guys, these big six 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 five defensive guys trying to get after guys like a Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, and guys like that though who are a little bit shorter, they're actually able to get out of trouble a little bit better. But yes, oftentimes when they get a little bit of pressure, they have to retreat and move so that they can see. That's what that's what happens when you have a, a smaller quarterback. But again, it's the 194 pounds. Because I don't mean to say this because he went to Alabama as well, but I look at Tua, Tonga Valoa. Yeah. What, six foot, 217 pounds? I don't think he's 217 pounds. I stood next to him when when they played in that Buffalo game. I didn't think he was that big. And again, his issue has been protecting himself from hitting the ground. Something that I think they're going to have to look at. Okay, I want to throw another measurable your way at the quarterback spot. It was a huge conversation a season ago. You know exactly where I'm going with this. <laughs> Kenny Pickett, we heard about hand size. He got little him. hands, bro. Okay. I'm just saying, dog. All right, I'm going to throw this your way. How about this statistically speaking? Russell Wilson, notoriously large hands, right? Okay, you would know you were teammates with him. I don't really Russell, shook his hands. Russell can dap you up, bro, and his middle finger hit your elbow. Okay. Uh, so what you're saying is not small hands for Russell. But how about this? Now, Alex Smith also, um, this was a conversation around Alex Smith back in the day when he was drafted by the Niners. Wilson, who's got the large hands that you made reference to in a large, you know, middle finger that would yes. reach my elbow, okay? <laughs> uh, a career fumble rate that's higher than Smith's. Are we getting off the rails here? Yes, we are. Okay. That's okay. Uh, he's taken fewer more sacks, but are we making too much of a bigger deal when it comes to hand size for a quarterback? Um, I'm going to say yes and no. Yes, okay. we are making a little bit of a bigger deal because it's not like every quarterback had the biggest hands in the world. No, there's been successful quarterbacks that had smaller hands. Michael Vick had smaller hands. That's one of the knocks on me. They kept on saying, man, your hands are like Michael Vick's, man. Yeah. You you got runner hands. I'm like, whatever the hell that means. Um, <laughs> that but, mean? <laughs> but when you when you look at these quarterbacks with the with the bigger with the bigger hands, yeah. that's when you get the weird arm angles and the Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen crazy throws and the you know, you see the Russell Wilson looks like he's at shortstop throwing the football sometimes. Yeah. To me, when a guy has larger hands, weather doesn't affect him, height doesn't affect him as much. 
getting the ball out and slinging the football and having uh, Aaron Rodgers, another one, having being able to get the ball out of weird arm angles, they just that just doesn't affect these guys. Okay, so length to me in certain spots makes all the difference in the world yep. and it becomes obvious. I was talking to a coach a couple of weeks ago, a college coach, who was telling me about one of his guys who we'll see at the combine and his length mm-hmm. and how important it was. And I watched him in uh, practices in Vegas. And I'm like, damn, that coach wasn't lying. Like this, this dude is friggin' long. From a lineman standpoint, offensive lineman, I always talk about the reach of these guys. How important is that reach? Like in some instances, we're talking about like an inch, half an inch. Like, is it that meaningful? It's huge. Bro. No kidding. Yeah. I mean, think about it. If you're a guy that's six, 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 seven, and you put your arms out and you lean a little bit and you're blocking somebody and you're fully extended, you're that much further away from the quarterback. It makes the guy run that much further. I'm talking about offensive sure. lineman having to get to the quarterback. And people don't realize, yes. Offensive line play and trench play, it's a very physical affair. But when you talk to any offensive line coach or anybody that, that that's played in the trenches, no. it's all about hands. It's all about arms. It's all about that punch. The defensive guys are so much more athletic. You just want to get them, like, stopped for a second. Yeah. And that punch, it does just that. So, yeah, I mean, um, length for an offensive lineman, vitally important. And I can even go for the pass rushers, too, being able to have those long arms to be able to – uh, shed uh, offensive linemen and disengage. That's what the length means for defensive players. Just real quick on the length of some of these players. When you look at a guy and you know that he's long, have you ever been fooled? Because sometimes I look <laughs> at a dude and I go, he's really long. And then you see the measurables after and I go, he, what? Like, yeah. he looks bigger than what he actually is. It doesn't make sense to me. Well, first of all, is a guy slouched over? And how's it, what's his posture look like? Look, all of those things can affect what a guy looks like as opposed to his actual measurables. But, I mean, this game is about genetics. This game is about being physically dominant. And if you're a guy that can move, right, and you have length, a coach is going to find a place for you. That's just what this game is all about. And, Rob, you know, the point that I'm bringing up on being fooled Mm -hmm. is there's been multiple DBs where I see how long their arms are. And I think to myself, oh, my God, the length is kind of crazy here. And yet I see the wingspan when they get measured Mm -hmm. at their pro day or their combine, and and it's not always matching up. But the importance of that length for me, just keeping guys, wide receivers at bay, coming off the line, extending out, like there's some obvious functionality. Absolutely. And look... (laughs) Where, where a defensive back, if he lacks some foot speed, the length is vital. Yeah. And I always go to my good friend Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman is not going to go out here and, and beat Tyreek Hill in running. But the thing about Sherman is because he's so long and guys like him, uh, Brandon Browner at some point, Tyreek Woolen now uh, with the Seahawks, because they're so long, they can actually wait a second longer when they're defending a guy, meaning they can wait until they actually see the ball about to come out because they have the length to catch up. Meaning, again, not necessarily the foot speed, but they have the length that if they're within a step or two, they can get to the football, and that's that's vitally important. I love that. I've never heard this, but recovery length? Mm-hmm. Can I coin that? Go have ahead. You, okay. There it is, man. Because I was thinking about recovery <laughs> speed. I've never recovery heard. Recovery length. Yeah. There it is. I'm going right to start using that. Explain. Yo, I got to... <laughs> 
I'm doing draft coverage on NFL.com this year again. I'm telling you, I'm I'm throwing that. I'm going to say it's going to sound like like I'm I'm DJ. Hey, how's this recovery length? That's that's going to be one of my tee ups at some point. I like that. Um, I do want to get into some of the numbers and the science behind what we're discussing here. One study from the University of Utah found that the first 10 yards of a running back's 40 yard dash time was predictive of their yards per carry in the NFL. Oh, wow. Which I don't know if that surprises you or not. But another study from sports scientists at the University of Rhode Island found that the broad jump was a decent indicator of success of running backs, DNs, and defensive tackles. You're throwing up your hands. You're I'm like, saying, yeah. man, I, I threw broad jump out yeah. there a few times, man. Because, again, if you're explosive off your individual legs like that, man, it makes you a, it makes you a speedster. And then over at UCLA, how about this from a quarterback perspective? They determined... That NFL success, it only found one true correlation. Check this out. A quarterback's height and, and their future completion percentage. Really? Yeah. I, maybe it becomes some of those easier throws yeah. that you are you were talking about, not having to rely on some of those throwing lanes. I don't, I don't know, hmm. but the folks, the smart folks at UCLA said that's, that's what the deal Makes is. Makes sense. So a lot of analysis to unpack here. I'm going to brass taxes, or I'm going to ask you to do that. <laughs> GM cap on. Dude's got great tape. Combine in person when you're there, eh, it's okay. Or the dude has got okay tape and just wows you at the combine. Which, how do you balance those things? Man, that's a good question. I mean, that, that's the rub of yeah. why you're a general manager or a talent evaluator. Um, I value game tape more. Okay. Because, again, when you ask any football player, they don't want to miss games. Yep. <laughs> they don't care about practice, right? Well, some of my guys don't care about practice. They do not want to miss games. Guys want to show up and show out in the biggest situations. And so for me, if I'm evaluating a guy, I got to see what he looked like when he was all motivated and ready to go out there to do his job on his level. Right. I just want to see him comfortable there. And that's why I value game tape. I really do. Yams. You, you can't just make your draft picks or your draft analysis solely based off the combine. There's just, it's not real football being yeah. played. It's it's drills being done um, so that you can evaluate. I've always thought that use the combine to enhance your thoughts on a player or take away. Mm-hmm. Like the personality thing to me is really important because I look in a day and age where character actually matters, I, or I think it does. <laughs> to me, that face-to-face interaction, like I already see what you can do on game film when when the bullets are live, I want to know how you are, how you're going to represent an organization, which is why a lot of these teams, as you mentioned earlier, know about all the stuff that you were doing before you even got to your Don't college. lie, man. Don't yeah. lie about any of that stuff, man. They already know it. Bottom line here, Combine, we absolutely love it. We're going to have complete coverage. Do not miss exclusively on NFL Network coverage Thursday, March 2nd at 3 p.m. Goes through Sunday, March 5th. Which means if you're sending those DMs with questions, you can you can say some nice things about the show. I might be a little slow to respond, so my apologies. M. Rob, terrific job as always. I'm Mike Yam. Always appreciate our crew helping us out in an immense way. Thanks so much for listening. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. 
and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.